I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. Hi, everybody. I'm Christine Dolan, and this is our Globalists in Plain Sight show. And we are honored today to have with us once again, who's a friend of the network, Dr. Merle Nass. Merle, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me back, Christine. Uh, so, folks, today we're going to talk about the World Health Organization, the International Health Regulations. In April of 2022, we all became aware of the fact that the Biden administration, through the, through the Department of Health and Human Resources, uh, which is run by Becerra, who's the former Attorney General of California, had a, somebody on his staff come up with some uh, amendments to the international health regulations from 2005 and buried within those uh, recommendations that 46 other countries had signed on to, the Biden administration was taking the lead to put forth that our health sovereignty would be put underneath the secretary general of the WHO and his six regional directors, which means that in plain language translated, it means if something, if Ebola breaks out in Nebraska, the governor of Nebraska is not going to be dictating what the health constraints are. It's going to fall under the WHO. So this is about health sovereignty. And Merle Nass and a group of people who are far smarter than I am have organized and have been trying to educate the public. Now, when we started to do this show in May of 2022, it was because of that issue. Obviously, the global uh, landscape has changed, so we change our topics all the time every week. But th today's is an update by Merle to tell us what is going on, because Merle has been up on Capitol Hill. She has um, testified, presented before members of the Senate and the House, and also she next month is going to be overseas testifying. So Merle, get us up to speed on all this, because it's important for people to know, as, as we said in the pre-interview, people need to know that within their own states, they can get the AG, the governor, the state legislatures to do something. So lay out the issue. And then what is it that we need people to do? Sure. So what happened is that there is some group or cabal of people that want to centralize their power in the world. They want to have more power over the rest of us. Um, it looks like they probably want a one world government. These folks came up with the idea that they could do this through the WHO. 
and why? Because the WHO is the only um, multinational organization apart from the UN that has a constitution and that can make treaties with other nations. So the UN can do that too, but the UN has a security council and the security council, everyone on that has veto power. So um, if they tried this at the UN, it would be vetoed, but they, there's no veto, there's no security council, there's nothing. And everybody, every official at the WHO and every negotiator and diplomat has diplomatic immunity at the WHO. So you can't, they're, they're unaccountable, they're unelected, and um, they, so they were a good, um, the structure existed that they could be used to centralize power through the WHO. Now, let me ask you something just from a legal point of view, and you may not be able to uh, answer this, but I just want to point out that WHO comes under the auspices of tutelage of the UN. So if the WHO oversteps, even, even can, can anybody sue them? Uh, no, you cannot, okay. you cannot sue the WHO or the UN. You cannot demand that their officials come before the Congress and answer questions. They, you, you can't touch them. All right, so, so the they're, un, they're untouchable. And, and we, know, we know from documents from the Biden White House in September of 2021, which I've reported on before, we know that the end goal through the Office of Science and Technology is for a uh, mandated seasonal coronavirus shot. We know that. That is the policy of the Biden administration. Eric Lander was involved with um, his name is actually on those documents. So we know that they want to force us to take shots. That's already been proven in the past. We know that they want to keep going with it. And then they want to turn the power over to the WHO. So what are the new findings that, you, that when you, you've gone through this journey to organize uh, Door to Freedom? Yeah, let me, um, let me also comment on something else you've said, which is that both the Trump and Biden administrations contracted for 10 shots per person in the United States, and that nobody in the federal government has ever apologized, said they made any mistakes about the vaccine or the vaccine passport or anything else in the, in the COVID uh, management, and that they're still pushing, you know, booster number seven. Uh, they still want everything that was done wrong during COVID, the WHO has in its two treaties. So the WHO is negotiating these two treaties with the nations, 196 nations, and they want to do everything just more so that they did, that was done during COVID. So okay. they, want to, they want to tighten the noose because they didn't quite win the game the first round with COVID. Yes. Um, so what's happening is that there are two documents being negotiated at the WHO, which will be voted on in May, or possibly the pandemic treaty, which needs a two-thirds majority. It may be jettisoned before May because they're having trouble getting a two-thirds majority because the third world wants more goodies. They were promised uh, that intellectual property rights would be reduced or thrown away so that they could get low-cost drugs and vaccines in the event of a pandemic. And yet so far in the, in the most recent draft, they were not given what they wanted. So they're being asked to give up a lot of things and get not very much. Um, so anyway, the pandemic treaty may not go through, but the amendments, which only require a 50% vote, almost certainly will go through. The amendments to an existing set of health regulations 
completely turn that document upside down and make it something completely different than what it was before. Um, so it becomes a means of controlling the world. Each of these documents separately does that, and there's a lot of overlap in them. Both of them require that nations perform surveillance of their own citizens and their social media uh, footprint. And, and when you say, well, hold on, hold on. And when you say uh, surveillance, are we talking health surveillance? Are we talking on your phones? Is it testing for COVID? What kind of surveillance sure. do they yes. push? Triple surveillance, um, actually. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So they want your medical records. Your medical records are to be shared globally. Everyone's medical, medical freedom, medical privacy is gone. They want to be able to swab you, your pets, wild animals, your wastewater, anything else. They, they want to be able to do that freely. You cannot object. They, if they want to put a swab up your nose and say, I have bodily autonomy, you can't stick anything in my nose. No, they want to be able to do that at will. And who's, um, who's going to execute this? So it has, to be executed, it has to be executed by the nations, but the WHO is, cre and remember, the Biden administration started this process. So that, that's what everyone has to keep in the back of their mind. It's not a question of they can't make us do this. It's the, the issue is the United States government wants this done and is hiding behind the skirts of the WHO in order to make it happen. And so the United States government is not going to protect you. Maybe your state government will, and, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. so another kind of surveillance they require nations to do is, is watch your online presence. If you are spreading stories that, that, that go against the WHO's public health narrative, you must be censored. So it requires- And when they say censored, what does that mean? Because I they, know- They've defined misinformation, disinformation, and uh, what's the other one? Info, uh, disinformation, malinformation. Uh, yeah, they, they, they left out the word malinformation, which was created by Homeland Security. Mm -hmm. So they've talked to, they're, they're getting rid of di misinformation, disinformation, and, uh, excess information. They don't what is ex the what's the definition of excess information? Um, I, you know, what, what is the term they used? It's another new word, info, infodemic. They don't want infodemics, and they've designed that, defined that as too much information. So you oh, are so, 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 too much information. So they have to limit the information. So in other words, they they want to dumb down the population. They want to uh, nuke somebody's medical curiosity. They don't want to be questioned. They want complete authority over what you think, what you believe, and how you act, and how they exactly. can impose on you. All right. right. So, so, so this, so folks, you know, there's one word for this. It's called medical tyranny. Period. That's all it is. It's medical. Exactly. But it goes beyond medical because they're mm -hmm. expanding the definition of what is health. Right. And it's not just the WHO, the G20, the you know, the EU, the US. We're all expanding the definition of health so that the Director General of the WHO and the US hiding behind his skirts can now call, make uh, climate change a medical emergency. It can make diversity, a med uh, sorry, diversity of animals. They can say, oh, we're losing the bats in Laos or, or we're losing the something else in South Africa. So now people have to move out of that area because you're hunting too many of these animals and, and we're losing species. Um, or mining is causing a problem, or your 
your farms, your cows and your pigs are excreting too much nitrogen in their stool and urine. And the nitrogen minister of Holland says we have to shut down farming for that reason because it's not good for health. All right. So these people are crazy and they're going to concoct any any which way from Sunday, an argument to basically take control. Merle, I, you know, there were a couple of members of, of Congress that I approached about six or seven months ago. I just happened to see them socially. And I asked them what they were going to do on Capitol Hill about this amendments, because, you know, for those of us that are in the weeds of this, I'm, you're in the weeds of it because, you know, you've got a medical and a science background. I'm in the weeds of it because... You know, I'm on the hunt for anybody who's doing anything that's corrupting uh, our society. And the the one thing that I was amazed when I initially spoke to these members, one of them said to me, Christine, it's not a big issue. It's not going to go any place. And I and I, you know, and I thought, well, but according to the Biden administration, you guys in the Senate won't even be voting on it. And to the congressman, I said, he said, well, it'll be worked out in the courts. Now, we all know that how the Biden administration plays the game. We know that the lawyers are in the room. We know that when they make decisions through the executive orders, that they're breaking the law. And then people have to go to court and they have to fight the courts because we've got lawsuits going all over this country. What are you finding out when, when you were asked to present to Congress? Were people intrigued? Did they know? Are they you know grateful that you and your gang showed up? Yeah, so I would say they were all grateful, but I've I've mainly been speaking to the more conservative members of Congress. So yes, they didn't know a lot. They were very interested. They were handing me their phone numbers and and giving me little gifts. Um, Don't say gifts because you know then <laughs> somebody somebody will take off and say, oh, Marissa, yeah. she got it. Well, yeah. So the gift one gift was a pin. One gift was a, a little coin for a particular member of Congress, these little things that they don't, they have no monetary value, but they were show, they were trying to show me that they were appreciative of what I was bringing them. Right. And so, um, yes, yeah, so I've, in fact, Congress, the House of Representatives passed the Foreign Operations Bill a couple of months ago, which completely defunded the WHO for next year. But that doesn't mean that that's the end of the game. Because but it's not the end of the game. It has not gone through the Senate. And even if it did, Biden is not going to sign it. But it does show us that a number of, that almost all the Republican members of Congress were willing to uh, put their signature on a defund the who. So, which is, but knowing that it's not going to go past Biden's signature, they did that. Um, 51 members of Congress have co-sponsored a bill to defund the who and exit the who. So that's not nothing, we just have to build it. Um, what can be done in the United States more effectively, I think, where we don't need Biden's signature, is stopping this at the state level. So because the, of the way the constitution was written, the 10th amendment says, if we don't give the federal government authority in this document, it doesn't have it. And that, that, that authority reverts to the states. And healthcare and education are two things that revert to the states. So, and and that was got in the way of creating Medicare, Medicaid, and the Affordable Care Act. People said right. the federal government doesn't have the authority to do this, and and so there was a lot of machinations to put those through. But in fact, if you remember, you know, I lost my medical license because it was the state, it was the state medical board that said Dr. Nass is spreading this information about COVID. We have to take away our license. So um, 
It's the states that regulate medical care and pharmacy, and they regulate pharmacies. They can say, look, we're not turning that power over to the Biden administration or to the WHO. We are retaining that power, which we have through the US Constitution. And that will be big. That will be big. If we start that process, more and more states will follow. Um, something new, nat natural asset corporations were be about to be approved by the Securities and Exchange Commission and started, were to be traded on the New York Stock Exchange. And um, just- Explain what natural okay. assets so, are. This is a whole new asset class. As, as you remember, um, it's very valuable to certain investors to create new kinds of assets like carbon, uh, like getting money to not produce carbon in the atmosphere, right? Uh, off carbon offsets, things like that. It's not anything real. It's very hard to measure, but yet, some countries went, got behind this and were paying people to not burn trees, for instance, or uh, not burn petroleum, and the country would actually give them money to, to do that. This is another scam of that nature, um, creating a, an asset class out of nothing. So this was certain companies would now come in to manage initially public lands, national parks, state parks, et cetera, and manage them in such a way to make them more natural. So they could restrict mining, restrict um, grazing on these public lands. And these natural asset companies would, would be paid to help make wild these lands. Well, that we already have that. So called the Wildlife Fish and something or other agency. We have that. This is no, no, this is the right. That's a federal agency. These are private corporations that would be coming in, paying the government money to manage government land, and then going to private land. And if you own land and you have a conservation easement on that land, which enables you to pay less taxes, they would then pay the government to purchase uh, some that conservation easement or something like it, which would give them the right to then tell you what you could and could not do with your land. Your land what, does that have to, what does that have to do with the WHO and the- uh, Yeah, so, um, so what, this is another method. Okay, so anyway, let me, let me get finished. Okay. This is another um, method of gaining control of people's assets, uh, you know, impoverishing us and centralizing control of land and assets. Now, 25 attorneys general wrote to the SEC two days ago and said, you can't do this in my state. Okay. In a very short period of time, since the SEC only opened a comment section for three weeks in October. And then one Congresswoman, Hageman, um, got, from I think Wyoming or Montana, got a group of congressmen together to say, wait a minute, tell us more about this. We have to hold hearings on this. This is, sounds pretty crazy to us. And in a period of weeks, 25 attorneys general told the SEC, we're not going along with it. 
That's going to stop this in its track. It's going to be a good day. Monday, we do have a little bit left available here. Check us out, familyfarmbeefbox.com. Thanks. Have a good day. Maybe, maybe, maybe Merle. You know, everything's a maybe to me these days because so much has happened that I, I find it unbelievable what's happening in this country. But are yes. you are you using that as a parallel example? Yes. That because they could do this with the natural assets. If we if we got the AGs and state legislatures uh, and educated about the WHO, they could get a groundswell and they could do what they're doing for the natural asset cases. Correct. Okay. 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 So that so that that means that we that the you your group probably ought to be presenting before whatever the name of the trade association is of the uh, state legislatures. There's a yeah. national something or other trade association. Well, yeah, my group is, is on this, but what we need are the grassroots, the people watching your show to contact their AG, their governor and their state reps and senators and tell them, look, this is a big deal. You guys have authority over healthcare. Don't allow it to be turned over to the WHO. Say no. Say no publicly. And, um, you know, two countries uh, rejected the amendments uh, in 2002 that the U.S. government presented to the WHO to speed up this whole process. In 2022. 2022, sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, at least two countries we just recently learned have rejected those amendments. And so... When countries or states start rejecting publicly, uh, there starts to be a groundswell. I've already had one country, uh, one um, uh, prime minister say, look, we'll go along with this if we can get other countries to go along with it too. So what we need is to create that groundswell. And I need people to start contacting their elected officials and say no. We are not turning over any authority to the WHO, let alone the right to censor us, the right to tell us what vaccines we have to have and what drugs we're not gonna be allowed to have. We don't wanna turn over our medical records to the WHO, uh, et cetera. All right, so we're gonna take a break now. And on the other side of this commercial, Merle, I, I wanna get into what exactly people can do, okay, on the ground. Um, and we'll be back in a second, folks. Okay, we're back with Merle Nass, Dr. Merle Nass, and we've been talking about the WHO, the international health regulations, the movement of people wanting to uh, take away your medical autonomy. Merle, let me ask you something, because one of, one of the, the things that we're focused on here is the, uh, the push for the medical clinics in all of the schools in America, which to me is just, an, it's a parallel path to their victory to get control of the kids. 
Is there anything that you're seeing in any of the documents? Because I think that th there are enough people in America that, that are worried about these medical clinics. They're worried about the lack of parental rights for the push for the trans drugs. Um, and quite frankly, there's an awful lot of misinformation and lies to the public about the whole trans drugs and, and drug and kids with puberty blockers and cross hormones uh, pills and the fact that these kids are gonna be on medicine for the rest of their lives. Is there a niche here uh, connected to what's happening at the WHO, connected to the medical clinics that they're pushing for in the schools? Because it seems to me if they're pushing for these medical clinics, which is a fact, on based on mental health, could the WHO then dictate to America about how many kids should be on Ritalin or how many kids should be on any other psychotropic or depressive drugs? Um, I will tell you that in, not in these two treaties, but in other WHO documents, the WHO is emphasizing the need for, for gender care, healthcare, for, and particularly for women, for sex, sexual, which we thought was birth control, but it's unclear. It could well be gender bending care. Um, so they've emphasized care for women and sex. It, could, it also could be, of course, um, sexually transmitted diseases and mental health care. So those are two areas that the WHO has focused on. And um, it's very troubling to me because I think, yes, they may, uh, this may be an inroad to ordering psychotropic drugs for large sectors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that may be the inroad to get people in America to wake up because we already have people concerned about the medical clinics, the lack of parental rights, the pushing of trans, uh, you know, which, Dr. Paul McHugh in 1978, I think was the first time he came out or 79 at Hopkins saying that, you know, everything that John Money had done at John Hopkins with the trans unit was a lie and a fraud and they shut it down. Now, all of a sudden, since 2007 here in America, depending upon which figures you believe in, um, either 300 or 400 trans sexual surgical clinics uh, which is extraordinary. And McHugh has even come out, I mean, God love him, he's in his 90s now, but he has come out and said, no, that gender dysphoria is a mental illness. And in time, somebody can pass through it and you know, they probably would not have made the decisions that some people were pushing that they make at such young ages. Where, where do we stop this? Because it seems to me you know, when we when we have some officials saying that there's a mental health crisis and the people that are saying it are in the medical field or the public health field, so they call it. Some of these people sound crazier than anybody that I've met. Because they're taking action to control somebody else's life. That's not who we are in the West. The uh, So uh, it's been said that someone who has their gender reassigned surgically and with medicines is probably worth about a million dollars over a lifetime to medical industries. And that may be one of the things driving this. Another is that, of course, they uh, can't have children. And um, 
and pro and in most cases are not going to have much sex drive either. So, or, and, they, and the chances of them having an orgasm may may in fact be zilch because yes. of the complications and the lower. And here's something that I've learned, and people need to know this: there, uh, when you talk about a business, <clears throat> there wasn't a market for this 20 years ago. All of a sudden, now it's a market. Nobody, you wouldn't have these major hospitals and these clinics opening up all over America unless you had a business plan to invest in it. And there is some of the research we have done, we haven't fully released it, but some of the research of the people that are behind setting up these clinics in conjunction with people in your medical industry, okay, who are going along with it, the hospitals, the surgeons, the nurses, the mental health people. It almost seems as if the business plan was to get the, 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 the medical community on board with creating this market, creating these clinics, because these guys are looking at it as this was gonna, this was gonna be very profitable. Uh, you know, I fear that's true. I, my own opinion as a physician, uh, albeit unlicensed, um, is that look, people can do whatever they want when they're adults, but there is nobody who has the right not even the parents, to give informed consent for a child to undergo permanent, permanently disfiguring surgery before the age of consent. To me, that is malpractice. And the fact that, uh, you know, doctors uh, are doing it, I mean, I, I know it's not considered malpractice right now, but I think doctors really, they've got such a bad name for themselves already with what happened with COVID and they are destroying, you know, they're just putting their reputation in tatters to perform these surgeries on children when they know the children are, are not able really to consent. And their parents shouldn't be allowed to consent for them since this is something permanent and the children won't be able to change it when they get older. Um, and they also are not cognitively, their the, the discernment hasn't developed until they're No, they can't, they, they can't so, think so to themselves. They don't understand the implications. And um, it's, in my mind, therefore, it is unconscionable for the schools to be encouraging them uh, to define themselves as gender dysphoric and that and needing of this kind of treatment. Um, and the fact that we are paying for professionals in our school systems to encourage children in this way, in my view, is, is basically criminal. It's as well as very cruel. Well, very cruel. There, there was a time, okay, and you and I are both old enough to remember this. There was a time when I stood publicly against the African uh, female genital mutilation. Uh, and now I sit back and I, I see friends of mine who were on the, that same side of the table with me, who in fact are for this. And I'm sitting here thinking, yes. when did we get, when, when in society did we get to the point with mutilating people was acceptable human behavior? What happened to the ethics in the medical field that this has become so normalized now? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, right. It was easy to say that these Africans over there are doing something terrible. And now that we're doing it here to our own children, suddenly it's okay. You know, that, it's, is, it's just, it's that, that just shows, you know, the degree of, of ignorance uh, of us. You know, as long as you can point your finger over there, it's bad. But now it's over here and it's fine. Um, I won't go into the Israeli-Gaza war, but there's some of that 
uh, in, in, that, in that discussion as well. Right. Uh, okay. So let's get back to let's get back to the, the call to action here because we want people to to get off the bench. I don't want anybody sitting on the bench in 2024. Everybody's got to get involved. I don't care what political party you belong to. I don't care who you vote for. You've got to wake up and and get your head out of cement. So Merle, tell people the website that they can go to first of all. So so I created an organization called Door to Freedom, doortofreedom.org. If you go there, you will find all kinds of materials you can use to educate yourself and educate others about what's going on at the WHO. So we have on our homepage copies of every draft of the pandemic treaty. We have the um, whole, every, um, every one of the 307 amendments that were proposed to the international health regulations, the draft of the health regulations that was put forward last February, we have what the UN has said about this. We have short two minute articles about what's going on as well as other aspects of the Great Reset, as well as what the UN and WHO are doing with respect to transgender business. Um, we have handouts that we've used for Congress and, and for uh, uh, other elected officials we have long articles, we have medium-sized articles, we have clips, we have tweets, we, we have videos, we have every everything you might want. And we're working on creating more and more all the time, um, as well as handouts in 10 languages um, that can be used to educate yourself and everyone else about what's going on. We have only until May to stop this, to stop the WHO from becoming becoming the health governor of the world with climate change and, and biodiversity and other things thrown into health, including gender and, and mental health, um, including not only infectious diseases, but all other diseases. We can't uh, give them that power. We have to stop it. The mainstream media are not talking about this. The, Congress is not talking about this openly. It's all behind closed doors. We need your help. Educate yourself, contact all your representatives, urge them to do something about this. And uh, we will try to work with you. If there are other, is other information you need, we'll try and get it to you. We, we all need to work together. This is uh, one of the greatest threats to democracy that has ever existed, and um, this time it's, it's worldwide. And it's and it's like no other time. It, it, you, you would think, you would think, under normal circumstances, when something like COVID happened, folks, that people would back off. When you have such a high rate of uh, vaccination, COVID vaccination hesitancy now here in the United States, but in fact, because people are not paying attention to this issue, the Biden administration, the Biden administration is pushing full steam ahead. Uh, and if we thought we were mad for what we went through in 2020 and 2021 2022, now it's just going to be, they're gonna shift the emphasis away from the White House and shift it over to the WHO where there is no recourse. That's the thing that's so striking to me. There is no legal recourse. You can't go over and sue the WHO. Right, you can't stop them. Yeah. There, so it's a completely undemocratic process. So this and this, so hey, if you were a globalist, it's perfect. You found the perfect plan. 
And what we have to do now that we figured it out is stop them. We've got four months. So we have four months. So everybody should be asking if when, when the um, presidential candidates and your senators are running for re-election, if they are, because not everybody is this year, but your Congress members are, you need to ask them the question, are you for defunding WHO? Are you in favor of what Biden is doing with the international health regulation amendments? It's going to take away your health sovereignty. And if they don't know about it, the people on the ground need to get educated to challenge them because don't let anybody who's running for office basically dismiss, deflect the issue, because this is an issue that if Biden wins in the fall for the next four years, he is going to be pushing this. Merle, anything else you want to add? I think that's it. Okay. Well, we're going to have you back once a month. Okay. Uh, this, you know, this is now mid January. We're going to have you back mid February, March, April to let people know about the updates and give you your time. And if you want to bring any of your colleagues on, we welcome that. All right. People, people need to move on this now because I know it's taken a lot of us to kind of get into the weeds because of your background. You've done it sufficiently and, and eloquently and you really know what to look for and, and cross-referencing everything. So I just want to say thank you. Because I, because without without you taking the lead on this with your team, I don't think that we'd been able to, um, you know, undo, even even figure out what was going Enta on. Just so untangle like, it. Yes, it's it's untangling it because they have been very very clever about this, and they didn't want anybody to know about these amendments in 2022. But they obviously had been working on it in 2021, right. and we know. That from from the from Biden's own own documents, September 2021, the goal was to have a mandated seasonal coronavirus forever. That was their that was the end goal of their business plan. Yes, unbelievable, unbelievable, and they haven't given up. So that means that people have to again get their heads out of cement, get educated, go to uh, freedomdoor.org and get no, educated. door to freedom I'm giving everything wrong. Doortofreedom.org. And then, uh, Merle, on the website, okay, if somebody wants to contact you, if somebody wants to yes. do it. You, yes, you can contact us on the website, and we have a newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. We've got 10,000 people signed up so far. Okay. So let, so so we're going to do the sign-up campaign uh, when we post these interviews, and we're going to tell people to go there. All right? We'll direct them. Merle, thank you for everything you're doing because I know, I know that you've taken a lot of bricks professionally when you gave your patients ivermectin and then your crazy board members up in Maine took you on. But, you know, they, they can't take away your education at MIT. They can't take away the fact that you really cared for your patients and you saved your patients. That's the one yeah. thing that's on the upside. That's of right. Everybody knows about right. it. We love, we love you for I, your I story. sleep well at night, so it's all yeah. good. And I always wonder how that goes. I think what people don't realize is we are in a war. This is a coup. It's a soft coup. Nobody's shooting bullets, but it's a war to take over the United States and ideally the world. And so, you know, I feel like I, you know, I'm just a, a partisan in the war. I have to fight against this. And um, any, everybody who realizes what's going on, they too feel like they need to fight against this. This is not good for anybody. Even if you're a billionaire, this is not good for you. They are trying to create a, you know, a totalitarian world where we will be controlled 
uh, in so many different ways. And, uh, and when the people in the cabal, if they gain it, they'll be killing each other to try, each one will be trying to climb to the top of the pyramid and they will have, you know, destroyed a lot of the planet in the process. So we don't want that to happen. We want to stop the destruction. We don't want them to cut, close down farms. We want to find peaceful ways and we can make the world a better place. I mean, they have dumbed down our education. They have, you know, damaged policing. They have damaged the legal system. You know, all our institutions are under attack, but people know how to fix all these things. Once everybody realized this, this is a deliberate takedown. This, this, this all didn't happen by chance, as you pointed out, with this whole transgender ideology coming up out of nowhere in five years. Mm -hmm. um, this is this is a a planned attack on all our institutions, and um, we can fix it once we realize what is happening. We do have the power. There's eight billion people in the world. There's a few thousand globalist leaders. Million to one will win in the end. Let's. Well, we have we have yeah. truth. We have truth. We have science, and most importantly, we have courage and ethics. Yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need. And we need everybody to step up to the plate. Dr. Merle Nass, thank you for joining us. We will see you next month and talk much in between. Thank you. Bye, Christine.